Welcome to Masterpiece Women. This is Tina Raines, and I'm the founder of Masterpiece Women, and I am so excited to have you here today. We are a community of authentic women from all over the world, growing together personally, professionally, building businesses and ministries together. And today you're going to hear from a great speaker. So grab a cup of coffee or your favorite tea and sit back and grow with us. Thanks for being here, ladies. Masterpiece Women, and welcome back to our podcast. We're so excited to have you today. Today, I'm with Jen Clausen, and she's one of my favorites uh, for a few reasons, but um, she's also my previous tent mate. So a little bit about Jen Clausen is that she has an incredible organization, and she is passionate about philanthropy. She's passionate about helping other organizations. She's passionate about um, serving our community. And in that, she actually climbed Base Camp Everest up to Mount Kalapatar with us together. You remember that, girlfriend? Oh, how do I forget? <laughs> <laughs> One of my most uh, lesson-filled moments, for sure, truth be told. <laughs> yeah, so as we're climbing that, I always think of, you know, when I think about the mountain climbs that I've done, I think about the steps you know, and you can relate to this, Jen, right? It's very similar to starting business, isn't it? Sometimes you have to take things slower than you really want them to be. When we're climbing, we tend to do exactly that. Um, we want to go fast. We want to run so we can get it over with because we're exhausted, but we can't. We don't have the strength. We don't have the tools. We don't have what it takes and you need the oxygen. So I would love for you to share a little bit about your organization and some of the steps that you took in starting your business and what led you to start your, your own business. Thank you so much, Tina, for having me. Such an honor, privilege, and delight to be speaking with you today. My name is Jen Clausens with Jen Clausens Consultant, and I am here all about inspired philanthropy. And to your point and question about mountains and climbing mountains as we did, and, and the correlation of going out on your own and starting a business, there's so many similarities. When I first got to Mount Everest with you, I looked up at that mountain. I thought, how the heck are we going to get there? And the biggest lesson learned from all of that was so simple and so basic. And it was left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot, one step at a time. And when I went out on my own to start my business, that's exactly what it was. It's very daunting. It was me, myself, and I. How do I get started? What do I do? But the biggest nugget and takeaway is movement. And you have to move forward and you have to do something every day to progress in your business. And it's literally that simple. And, and that is just the biggest takeaway. Sometimes it's not so daunting. It's just that first step. Absolutely. And don't you find that when you're starting your own business, suddenly you're doing things that aren't in your, in your wheelhouse, the admin, all these different tasks that you're, they, I think that's what the most overwhelming part for my, for uh, me was, was how do I do all these other things that I'm not really good at? I'm really good at my, you know, skills and my lane, but all this other stuff, how did you as a sole proprietor work, manage those tasks? So I learned real quickly to outsource my weaknesses and we are 
not all perfect. Um, we all don't have everything that we need in our own toolbox. And I know that. And I, I wasn't afraid to ask and not only ask A for help, number one, but then also know that I also need other professionals who are in that space and then to literally outsource my weaknesses. Yeah, that's such a smart thing. Sometimes I believe we waste so much time trying to do so many things that we don't have strengths in and we don't, we're not able to move forward because we're stuck in those ad administrative type tasks even. Um, for myself, that was one of the first things I did when I launched my business um, back in the day when I did, even when I had a large business, I brought in a great CFO, a great operations person because I can sell and I'm a visionary, but when I get having to do all the mundane things, forget it. It just, it's like, oh, no, it does. it's very overwhelming. And then you, you get nothing done on your to-do list, or I like to say done list. Um, and, exactly. and you know what, what it, what it does too, it helps you build a great, powerful, strong team as well. So I highly recommend outsourcing your weaknesses. Absolutely. So in speaking of outsourcing weaknesses, one of the things that I've seen has been so pivotal in so many organizations is that they've gotten engaged in serving their communities and serving the world and doing good philanthropically. And, you know, one of the latest staffing, you know, my, my background is staffing. So that's something I'm always looking at as recruitment and staffing. And we had a survey that I just recently reviewed and it talked about people are looking to make an impact. So a lot of the millennials are saying, not only do I want good pay and I want to know what is in it for me, but I want to know what am I going to be able to do in that organization to help improve the world? Are you seeing that organizations are utilizing um, their tools to really make an impact? Great question and kind of leads right back to what we were saying of outsourcing your weaknesses. So many of the companies nowadays want to do good and attract talent and those young millennials because they're all about doing good for the community and they want to align themselves with companies that have the same values that they do. So many companies here locally and obviously throughout the United States, corporate social responsibility has definitely been a conversation on the table, but it, it takes a lot of work. And a lot of companies are not wanting to put somebody internal to go out and to manage the corporate side from a philanthropic perspective. So they do outsource that. So going back to outsourcing your weaknesses, that's what I love to do is to go in, find the culture of the company meet the people, what are the company's goals, what are their return on investments that they are looking to make in the community to align with the nonprofit community. So it truly becomes a win-win situation. So that's more and more companies um, are stepping up to the plate to give back to the community because they are seeing how it is also good for business to do so. Absolutely. I know one of the greatest philanthropists that I've worked with um, and I was on the board for the Boys and Girls Clubs for years here in Broward County. And they were all about a win-win, which is Rick Case Automotive Group. Yes. I think about they're constantly giving back philanthropically, but it also benefits their organization because Absolutely. they're known for in the community. And let me tell you, when you wanted a car, all these people engage in the community that's where they went, right? So I think it has a huge value, both from a building your business and also doing good in the world. So I'd love for you to share a few examples how people who are listening today 
could actually get their companies engaged in doing philanthropy? What are some examples that you could give them? Sure. Um, number one, start internally. What is important to you and your company? So it has to start there because it has to be authentic. It can't be, oh, we just want to be good, pretend to be good, and so our customers can see and know. No, it has to be authentic. Rick Case that you just gave as an example for Boys and Girls Club, absolutely authentic. And then it bleeds out into the community. So number one, find what your purpose is from a company perspective. And not only do you do that from you know high up management perspective, but get the buy-in from your employees because employees are gonna be the ones who are gonna tell you what's also important to them and then be forward facing in the community to make sure that they have a seat at the board table, to make sure that they have a seat at a committee level, to make sure that they are sponsoring, getting involved, getting engaged um, from a company perspective. So start off small, but have those conversations together because together as a company, you can make a difference and you're creating a culture because um, not every company has that culture of philanthropic giving. That is something that has to be thoughtful and authentic to make happen. Absolutely. And what would you suggest? Would you suggest some of the employees as you're talking to them and say they're passionate about a, a certain cause? Would you encourage them first to get maybe seek out board opportunities? I know board boards are always looking for great people. And I feel like sometimes people in organizations don't think they would be wanted on a board. And I can tell you, everybody that just about that said to me when I was the president of the board for the Boys and Girls Club that said, hey, I want to be on the board. I'm like, well, this is what's required, but I would love to have you if you're willing. And they said yes. And we said yes. It, it wasn't difficult to get on boards as some people think it is. So you'll be surprised. A lot of people don't know what they don't know. And when you don't know what you don't know, you don't even know how to start. Kind of going back to take that first step, pick up the phone, find out what volunteer opportunities are, build relationships with the development director, executive director, volunteer management at whatever organization fills your heart. That is by far the first step because Every board in town needs passionate board members. And that's that's first and foremost. But it, it literally is, listen, the C-suite folks have no problem getting on the boards. It's that middle management. And one thing I wanna let you and your audience know is don't be afraid. It is a two-way street. They don't know where to find you. You don't know where to find them, but you have a better opportunity. Just get involved, get engaged and volunteer. Start well, there. That's why I love having someone like you Jen, because you know both sides of it. You know, yes. from the foundation perspective, you know, from the volunteer perspective, you know, from the organizational. I mean, you have all three of the, it's like a triangle, right? Because yes. you have your people that want to be involved. You have the organizations that support it. And then you have the organizations themselves. And oftentimes the organizations are filled with great hearts and great minds, but they don't know a thing about fundraising and they don't know a thing about really rallying people as volunteers. So someone like yourself can help them from all different perspectives. So I love that about you. There's not very many of you. You're a rare breed woman. <laughs> that I am. That I am. I've been told that, you know, come on. Me. Hey, that's why they have a Jen Clausen's Appreciation Day, actually Aww. April 14th. I read that and I was like, I love that. I could see why people would be so appreciative of you. That from two different organizations, was the Fort Lauderdale Chamber and 
what was the other one? Um, uh, the, the city of Fort Lauderdale and Broward County. <laughs> that's what it was. Yeah. I mean, I love that because you've made such a beautiful impact. And that, you know, to me says, I care about the people around me. And that's really where it starts. You think about building business as well. Every single aspect of what we do starts there from being a great leader to sales to even operations, you have to understand your client. You have to understand the needs and make a positive impact. Definitely. And you know what? On that note, too, what, what breaks my heart about these nonprofits. So for the for-profit folks and the women and who just want to get out there and volunteer, please note that these nonprofit folks, they wear multiple hats. And you know, in a for-profit scenario, you have someone in charge of marketing, you have somebody in charge of social media, you have an HR department, you have a CFO, you have a CEO. Everyone has their own spot within a for-profit scenario. In a nonprofit scenario, sometimes you're not as lucky as that. So please know that these people have a pure passion and drive of whatever cause it is that they're working for. And that leads through. So don't, you know, don't give up on them if they don't, for example, don't call back because that does happen. So you be the persistent one. You show them that they need you for their organization. So I can't stress that enough either. Oh, that's a great point. That is so true. Having having been there and done that, let me tell you, yes. I remember when yes. I was leading the Freedom Climb, doing all the social media, building the social media, building the PR, got us on all the this, uh, TV stations, radio stations. I was doing all of it and I was exhausted. It was so exhausting. It so is. I burnout. Totally burnout is... Yeah, burnout is high, um, even more so in nonprofit because you're dealing with so many of the emotions of obviously whatever that cause is. It's very heart wrenching. Um, and those people are there for the pure passion of, of what they do. A hundred percent. So one of the things that I hear often and I um, would love for you to address a little bit is I have so many women, they have a they have a cause, they have a passion for something and they want to start a not for profit. I find though, so many people are start wanting to start not-for-profits, but that's not always necessary, or they're reinventing the will that somebody else is doing. So I would love for you to speak into that a little bit. Oh, I think you hit the nail right on the head, Tina. I mean, listen, it's hard. A lot of these nonprofits, especially the smaller ones, start because of a scenario and the scenarios are usually not good. Someone lost a loved one, someone lost a loved one to cancer, someone lost a loved one to a heart attack. So then they wanna go out into the community and have a remembrance, if you will, for that particular person. Do they do a lot of great work? Absolutely. But the hardest part is raising money and money is not unlimited. We live in a very generous South Florida community, but money is not unlimited. So you can imagine there are multiple, especially on the smaller side, smaller nonprofits who are duplicating services. So my first suggestion, if this is something that, you know, one of your members would like to do, do, the, do your research, do your due diligence. Is there, what do you want to do? And is there somebody already serving that purpose? Fill in the blank. And if there is, then maybe start to volunteer with them. Maybe help raise money for them. Maybe go out and do a third party event for them. So you don't have to go out and create another small nonprofit. Because don't forget, that's pulling resources. You need three board members in the state of Florida. So not only do you money and awareness, you need board members and obviously the whole infrastructure. So my suggestion is 
do your research. I love being that connector. So if any of your members do have an idea or concept, I'm happy to make that introduction if there is a similar mission moment out there for, for your members. Yeah, you're a great resource. I'm going to tell you, ladies, if there's anybody in South Florida that knows all the local organizations, it's Jen. So definitely you'll want to reach out to her. And if you have a heart to start your own um, organization or you already have an organization, I can tell you there's nobody better to do consulting to help you build it than Jen. I know when I was um, leading a, a not-for-profit she was my greatest resource and um, partner in the community. She helped us raise hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars for our um, mission. And so, and it was to end human trafficking. And that is, you know, both Jen and I are very passionate about that cause as well as many others. And so I'm going to encourage you to really reach out to Jen. And um, she, she actually has um, agreed to work with Masterpiece Women, any of you that may have a desire to get consulting or to get um, your not-for-profit in a place where you're moving forward at a better pace, what have you, she's ideal. So definitely reach out to her. So Jen, I would love for you to um, share a little bit about the backside of it. When you're when you're talking about these, these not-for-profits, what are a couple of key takeaways that they could um, learn about really getting more engaged with some of the organizations that you're that you represent, some of the businesses that um, have a heart for philanthropy? So uh, there's two sides to that. First of all, I think um, just like in anything, it, it's all about relationships. So start a relationship with an organization that you obviously have a heart and passion for. And do remember that it is all about relationships. There's an art and then there is a science to get an involved in that perspective. And also on the nonprofit side of building relationships, obviously with a potential donor, which would many could be some, some of your members, how do they get involved? So always know that it's a two-way street. Always know that the nonprofit of course, needs money to continue the mission to serve and have the impact in our community. So your Masterpiece Women member side of it know that there are dollars there that they want to give to particular organizations. So it's, it's really at the end of the day, it's matchmaking. That's really what this boils down to. You have money, you have a passion for a cause and this is nonprofit over here. How do we, how do we make that, how do we make that work? And that's all starts by having a conversation and, and providing the opportunity to give, to make an impact. It's not fundraising. It's providing an opportunity to give in order for them to, you know, push forward their mission. I love that. You know, it's interesting when I went to fundraising school, um, which your foundation actually sponsored me to do, which was very, very generous. Um, it was interesting because in sales, it's all about relationship. Well, in fundraising, I believe, having been around so many not-for-profits myself, they don't, they're just ask, 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 ask. And I remember um, being with the not-for-profit I was with, my boss kept saying, well, ask this one individual, you know them, they're your friends. And I'm like, they're not passionate about that. And I knew that I knew my, my colleagues and I knew my friends and I have a lot of um, high net worth friends that um, weren't giving to our organization. And um, they would ask me, well, why aren't you asking them? Because I know what their passions are. And exactly. I think it's so important 
that people know who they're dealing with and build that relationship, just like you said, because yeah. it's the same as sales. If you don't know what the individual needs and they're looking for, how are you going to provide them with a service? They yep. may not need your service at that time, but if you have a relationship with them when they do need it, they'll be there. And yep, if you got and, that right. Right. The same thing in, in what, when you're fundraising, you build a relationship with them. They may not be passionate about your specific cause, but if you have a strong relationship with somebody, they want to support you because they love you. You got that right. You got that right. And I'll take it one step further from a corporate perspective. When you're going after corporate partners, it's not about, do you want the gold, bronze, silver package? That's not what this is about. It is also about relationships from the corporate perspective as well, but it's also as a nonprofit, you have assets that they don't have. And it's about aligning your assets. Mean, meaning I might have a 5,000 listserv in order to get out to reach a, a whole group that you want to reach that you would never be able to reach. But I have that as a nonprofit that I can bring to you, Mr. Corporation. So it's flipping the script on the conversation. And it's not about the gold, bronze, silver, and put your logo here. That, let's go deeper. What do you need business? What do you need? This is what I have. And let's try to make that happen. They might just want to be able to reach one person. Well, then that's so easy. You can make that relationship happen for them. So it's really getting, getting deep, have deep conversations, not only on the corporate side, but on the individual side as well. Absolutely. Which is all back to relationships, right? You got it. You got it. I, I remember talking to a, a president of foundation one day and they said to me, there's nothing more irritating to me than for somebody to just send me a, a you know, packet saying, hey, will you sponsor us? They don't know me. They, they have no idea what our passions are. They have no idea what we want to do. All they care about is them making money. And it's got to be a win-win, right. you know, when um, I've ever chaired events, it's exactly that. What are you looking for? And even now with Masterpiece Women, we have a whole sponsorship package. I've tweaked it probably every single time for our individual who is sponsoring us to say, what is a value to you? And right. so one person wanted more seats at the luncheons in Fort Lauderdale. One wanted no seats because they're not local and they're not, they're not able to utilize them. They wanted just their name out there more. So it, it's got to be a win-win. And I think that goes back to our business act. You know, when we're trying to acquire a new business, it goes to philanthropy. And I think it's a good model in life. Well, it, it is, and it goes back to the basics, and it all starts with a conversation. If you don't have the conversation, you, you, you're going to be guessing wrong, and then you lost them. You know what I mean? But if you have the opportunity to have a conversation and make it focused on them, like you said, it totally flips the script, and they feel valued, number one. Number two, you're not given a sympathy. Will you, out of desperation, will you sponsor me? No, it changes the conversation. And if we can continue to change the conversation, it does reap the rewards on both parties. Absolutely. And I think if people take that into their personal lives, don't you think into oh, relationships? Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> what it is. is it that you would like? What is it that you need? What's important to you? you right. Got it. And just yeah. build relationship, build those bridges. So ladies, I'm going to encourage you, whether you're building a not-for-profit, you're building a business, or you're just taking care of relationships at home, whatever that is for you, every relationship you have, 
ask the questions. Um, Mr. Teetle sent me his book and it's um, Leaders Ask the Right Questions. And it's all about asking questions. If people would take the time to listen and to yes. ask more questions, yes. wow, what an impact could we make? It changes the whole conversation. And I think you just said it right there is listen. You have to listen. Listen in such a powerful trait. So ladies, I think at the end of the day, go back to the basics. Go back to the fundamentals that you learned, hopefully in third grade on the on the playgrounds. You know, keep it, keep it simple. Keep it simple. Don't make it complicated. Don't get overwhelmed. You have it in you and and listen. Listen, listen, listen. That's such great, great advice. So what would be the one takeaway um, that you'd give? What We have just a few more minutes. What would you say to the ladies who are listening who are thinking about starting a business? What would be your advice to them? Do it. If, if you have a dream, it's all on you. Do it, do it, do it. And what you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. What you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. So every day, move that needle forward. Go back to the mountain climbing one step at a time. But first and foremost, it has to be here. It has to be in your head and heart in order to do it. Because as we know, it's a lot of energy. And if you're not passionate and truly want to start a business, don't do it. Go align yourself with somebody else who has be an asset that way. But if you have it in you, absolutely do it. Life is too short. Amen, girlfriend. Well, you know, I when I um, climbed Kilimanjaro, my memory came up just the other day of my I first saw time. that. I saw that. <laughs> and it did. It made me think of it. And I thought of, you know, it's so true. Just like we shared about one step at a time. But it also made me think of, you know, you think about when you're going up the mountain, why did we have to take it so slow? Because you needed the oxygen, right? Mm -hmm. And so many women don't give themselves the oxygen they need. They don't give themselves the tools. They don't want to invest in themselves to grow. And the first thing you really need is to know your why. If you yes. don't know your why, it's really hard on those tough days to get through those tough days. And I remember step by step, and I literally had to visualize. There was a little girl that I met in India. Jen also traveled to India with me to see our projects. That was an amazing trip. And there was this little girl that I saw on the street my first trip that was three years old and you knew that she was going to be trafficked. And I remember, and they were just saying, you know, now she's begging, but a few years from now, this will be going on. And it rocked my world. And when I was going up those mountains, oftentimes I would visualize her so I could remember my why, because no more than Jen was, I was not a mountain climber. <laughs> Our first conversation was like, uh, no, I'm not staying in a tent. Hello. And then we did. <laughs> in the yeah, and I, I think, I think, and, and just to add to that point, you go outside of yourself. So same thing. I never climbed a mountain in my entire life. So back to your original question, when I said, just do it is just do it and don't let the fear stop you. Could I have come up with every excuse in the book not to go with you? The answer is yes. I never climbed a mountain. So let's start there. And then the biggest mountain in the world, go big, go home. But that's what I do. So it totally aligned, but, but truly, truly, truly was the passion behind our why. Absolutely. And the passion was so outside of us. And then collectively as a group was so much more impactful. So 
could not agree more with what you just said. It is the yeah, why. I, I agree. So ladies, remember your why in those tough days and yes. go for it. That is our piece of advice for the day. And I thank you for joining us, Jen. You're amazing. You. And I thank you, Masterpiece Women, for being here today. Join us on our next podcast. And don't forget to join our membership because in our membership, you'll get tools like these. Frequently, we're doing programs together to help your mindset because when you're building business, you've got to be in a great place with your mindset. If you're not there, join us because we're doing it in community and there's nothing better than being with an amazing group of authentic women who encourage each other, empower each other, give each other advice and also hold each other accountable. You know, I know when I talk to Jen, if, to give you a perfect example, when I um, have a struggle, I've gone to her and she just tells me like it is. And that's why I value her input so much because she's authentic and she's real. And I know that she comes from a place of truth. And that's the kind of women we have in Masterpiece Women. So ladies, I encourage you to join us. The membership, just go to our website, masterpiecewomen.org and sign up for our membership today. And you can become a part of this incredible community. Have a great day, ladies. Bye.